Hey guys, are they spooky? Ooh, ooh. What? Your 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 oh. manscaped bits. Are they oh. spooky? Ooh. Oh, Jesse's ew. I don't like If you want to have a fresh like ball fall, I just want to let you know that this show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash dangle to receive 20% off your next purchase. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. It's not Halloween, it's Easter. As it is Easter Seals time. That's right. Ah, Get it? No, 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 no. You know what? I thought, I, I thought... Easter Seals was an all-year thing. No, Keep no. Easter in your heart. Charity. It's a charity that helps out kids with physical disabilities, but I don't want to talk about that. I just want to look down the barrel of the camera. No, at, your camera. At, at my camera, producer Nick Andrade, and have a refreshing, delicious coffee crisp. How does he not like those? Because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Isn't he your producer on Dang It? No, yeah, I love him. <laughs> Nick, I love you. I'm sorry, but you're wrong about coffee. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, Easter Shields. All right, let's talk about it. What do we need to do? So, usually, you're accustomed to me um, asking you for uh, Easter Shields donations for... About three months. There's mm-hmm. so much chocolate on the deck. Because it's made of, it's wafer. What are you doing? I, I fucked up. <laughs> Starts eating right as he's supposed to do his little, his plug here. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what are you thinking? You thought it'd be great? <laughs> I was thinking delicious. You thought it'd be great to do this think... charity plug with a mouthful of chocolate? <laughs> Here's what I was thinking. It's always great to have the support of friends. <laughs> and also... Um, yeah, usually I bug you for like three months. I've been a little preoccupied recently uh, with the move, but Blue Room's all set up. Leaf season is starting right on time for me to bother you now for exactly a month. In fact, a month less a day. So we are raising money for Easter Seals Ontario, charity that helps out kids with physical disabilities. Helps send kids to camp, mm-hmm. like summer camps and fun stuff like that, in an accessible v- environment. And the reason that's important, have you ever tried to take a wheelchair to the beach? It's the reason I hate the beach. Um, like still to this day, you know, childhood memories. And for those of you who are new here, my you know, sister has cerebral palsy and she uses a wheelchair. And you were an Easter Seals family. And we were an Easter Seals family. We, we got to go to the camps. Um, both my parents, myself and Rachel, and got to you know, play all sorts of games and memories that that I still have today. Easter Seals helps out with equipment like wheelchairs, AFOs, walkers, stuff like that. It's all stuff that's enormously expensive. That's why it means so much to me. So I guess we're going to have a link somewhere. Right in the description. Right in the description. Uh, For Rachel's Raiders, we're going to be raising money for uh, the next month, uh, November 10th. At night is the deadline. So get it in. Get it in. There is no contribution that's too small. Easter Seals. Now, let's go. Adam and I are going to play in the tournament mm-hmm. with you. It's been a. Oh, well, we're going to lose every game. Great. Well, yeah, I'm obviously. Kidding. Yeah. You know, we're going to hold you back, but it's been a two year hiatus since we've played in the tournament. We did well last time you guys were there. Yeah, we yeah. won one game. 
I don't know if that's no, we one. Won we won two. They won two. Because yeah. oh, okay. I got Trent, the goalie. He was right. Yeah, right. my buddy was, Trent, who is like lights out, unbelievable, stop 40 shots a game. Yeah, yeah. he was ridiculous. You need ridiculous. to have a good goalie in a tournament like that. We had a really good goalie last year, too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Do Adam and I have to raise money, or can we just direct the money that would go to us towards you? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, you got to yeah. raise 750 bucks or you can't play. So let's start there. Oh, the there, there, there's, to be on the team. Okay. There's a minimum. Okay. okay. Right. Once I, we hit that, can we just fund your big pool of money? If you want. I'd like to do that. Yeah. It I all think goes to the same of, place. Right. Yeah. But that's I why I think like, Jesse's point, right? Yeah. So I, like if, if I, if I don't want to take away from any of, if you hit like some magic number, if you, if you accomplish your goal, like I'd like uh, my donations to go towards your pool. Yeah. Or if you see any other members on Rachel's Raiders are struggling, you could always donate to them. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay, I like that. Let's make some money. <laughs> money. That's it. Your Michael Bay impression from TikTok. Yeah. That guy, let's make some fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's do that. <laughs> Raise as much money as possible. Um, I'm trying to remember how much money it costs like per day to send kids to camp. I want to say it's like $250 or something like that. So that's how I look at it. Every $250 raised is one day at camp for one person. Okay. What were the uh the wheelchair numbers were staggering? Oh, well, it depends. So like a a just a push wheelchair um is I think you can get them for under a grand. Um, but motorized wheelchairs, forget it. Like, wow, because there's, there's so much customization that goes into it too. Like, um, you know, there are, there's some things that are standard equipment. Like some people can use the same wheelchairs, but other people need very specific equipment made for them. And it costs a lot of money, um, which can cost thousands of dollars. So here's, here's, I guess a way to look at it. Um, if I am correct on the $250 a day for camp, which I think I am, uh, me, my sister and both my parents went, that's a thousand dollars a day just to, just to go to camp. So let's do it. Let's do it. Raise a big pile of cash. Cashola. Um, Like Bill Burr and Huel from Breaking Bad. Just lie down on it in the storage (laughs) locker. The link is in the description. Hey guys, we had some NHL hockey last night. Yay! Jack Johnson or Jack Johnson, Jack Eichel and his Peaky Blinders looking ass scoring his first goal. Did you see him walk in? And his Peaky Blinders. He went full Peaky Blinders on that. I'm like, Jack, come on, come on, Jack. That's that's five years ago. But he's just he's got to be radiating hotness because there's a there's a new young buck and his name is Philip Castle. In town, and look at that blue uh, blue jackets. The <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights are undefeated with Phil Kessel in the lineup. I uh, I have to say, I don't believe Kessel even registered a point last night, but he that did mar- in our hearts. That Mark Stone goal with you know twenty six seconds to go. What an absolute dagger, oh, dagger yeah. for the Kings, right? Just. Because it's not like it's that... Does it matter that much in the grand scheme of things? No. Because there's 81 more games and the Kings are going to be fine. They're a very good team. But it is... It's the first game, you know? And it's the first game. My initial reaction to the Kings losing was surprise. Um, Like, just in their body language. I'm like, you guys are a little too crushed right now. (laughs) But, you know, we say... They wanted it, though. 
we say all the time the regular season doesn't matter. It very extremely does. Very, very extremely does. And if you lost, if you lose your first game, you start on the wrong foot. Mm. It's, there are games throughout the season that are, you know, more important than others. Let's be honest. Game one. Well, game one against Vegas too. Yeah. You put a pin in the calendar, man. Like that's, that's a team you're going to be battling probably potentially for the last playoff spot. Well, for third or fourth, third and fourth in the division too. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. That's, it's a big game. And Jesse just pulled up Jack Eichel and you're right. That is a. That is uh, Jack Eichel and his Peaky Blinders looking ass. Yeah, he was Peaky Blinders for sure. Wow. Yeah, the pocket, blinders. the pocket yeah. square. Oh yeah. The the. I'm double, not saying it's not sharp. Sometimes just yeah. Is that double breasted? Is that double breasted? <laughs> double breasted. Is it double breasted? <laughs> yeah, too? under the the vest. Right? Oh, the vest is double breasted. Oh yeah. Yeah. He yeah. needed he needed one of those like Winston Churchill like one of those watches that are attached to the chain where you flip it open. Yes, very pretentious. Is the, tra- is the train running on time? Mm. You put your monocle the, up? The locomotive. Lo- ah, of course. Now, I saved the second game. Oh, okay. On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> because I knew as soon as we got to the second game, the first game wouldn't matter. So I'm doing this in, the, I'm doing this in Tarantino order. I'm giving you, I'm giving you the, 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 the end first. Now right? I'm going to give you the beginning. In the first game of the night was an Eastern Conference Final oh, no. rematch. The Tampa Bay Lightning, three-time Stanley Cup appearers, two-time winners, versus Jesse's pick to win the Stanley Cup this year, the New York Boo-Rain-A-One-Winner Rangers. 82-0, and 0, baby! <laughs> Let's go! Because of Ben and Jack, two goals, game one! Man. Let's go! Your screech voice is it's crazy. <laughs> You know what's funny? They got to hear me in MSG. I I know Chris Kreider had over 50 goals last year, but in our 50-goal conversation, we didn't bring up Mika Zibanejad nearly enough. Easily. I think that might make him the most underrated goal scorer in the NHL. Oh, yeah. He could easily be in that 50-goal conversation. Elliot Friedman was saying that uh, at at the NHL Europe press press tour or whatever they did, uh, all the players there picked uh, Barkov as still the most underrated player. Uh, they did that in Vegas as well. Oh, really? Yeah, they wow. did. Uh, well, and it just shows. So everyone is Barkov, 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 Barkov. And then we get to Morgan Riley, who has a bigger brain than most of us. Okay. And he said, well, I want to say Barkov, but I assume everyone said Barkov. <laughs> so that makes him not underrated. Is that yeah. what Morgan Riley says? Some, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the I don't think that that makes him not underrated. If everyone says he's underrated, he's not underrated. Everyone, everyone like who? Everyone like five NHLers or everyone like the entire fan base? It's there's the a whole different... league. The dude makes $10 million. Like, I think it's your just contract's doesn't... not underrated. <laughs> You're <laughs> adequately compensated. That doesn't mean he's not underrated. Your GM uh, understands your value. I think that's a great start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan Riley's uh, 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 answer that wasn't Barkov was Zach Hyman. Oh, that's a that's a good shout out to an old teammate. It's his pal. Yeah, um, and I mean, he probably Frig, after those playoffs, I was like, maybe he's underpaid. Jesse, tell me you watched the Ranger game last night. I watched a good chunk of it. Yeah, and it started off on the worst uh, note you could ever start an NHL season off, where they had oh. the referee uh, welcoming everybody to the season uh, in the most monotone, worst, cringy yeah, way. Yeah, are we allowed world. to play that? Or I don't no? think so. I We're don't not think so. actually okay because I wanted to talk about that, and I just 
<laughs> it's from the game. Yeah. So I filmed it from my TV. So I was watching, I was watching the game and then they started, I was like, did he actually just do that in front of the whole world? So then I rewound it and I filmed the segment and then I saw it all over Twitter. So, but like, it was the worst way to start a season. As you all know, I'm an enormous <laughs> wrestling fan and there are certain promos that go down in lore as the worst ones. And his reminds me of, yep. Have you seen that one? No. So this, the, I, I think it's mean Gene Oakland is, you know, he's setting the guy up and you're going to kick his ass tonight. Aren't you? And the, and he, for some reason, wasn't prepared to speak for the segment that is exclusively him speaking. So Adam here, here, set me up for my, for my big wrestling match. Oh, uh, now welcoming to the ring, Steve Dangle. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna beat him up, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight him. And when I Steve. fight him, he will be fought. <laughs> and it, it, and it's just a train wreck. It's oh, just absolute, I've not heard that. Oh, it's really bad. It's if you type in wrestling promo, yep, I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, that's that's what it reminded me Oof. of. All right, everyone, this is the time for hockey. Who's what's better than this? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that was, okay. What was with that it's, line? It's, unfair to the official like yeah. why are you making that well yeah man? bring yeah. out somebody who's like a like a celebrity or 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 Get a former this. player the super bowl did uh, they had the rock they had the rock remember yeah. he came out for the super bowl and he did that yep. oh, it was weird it was kind of cringy as well but at least it was the rock can yeah. i just say with the rock and i've been a rock fan forever uh -oh. Uh -oh. that's there's some stuff he does that is so cringe there's some stuff he does that is so cringe like <laughs> Like, like what, what Jesse's talking about. <laughs> like that. It's about grind. It's about power. It's about oh. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to come out with a, yeah, a like, song. He didn't need to rap. You didn't need to be a rapper. You see that meme that's him in a in a tan shirt and camo pants in four different photos, and it says this is four different movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we forget though, one, he's a child actor star. The rock. Ooh. The rock. Like a lot Dwayne of Wayne Johnson, a lot of his movies, like Jumanji and the superhero oh, he movies, acts in oh. kids movies, yeah, oh, okay. like though, oh, yeah. that's that's I'm his not talking main about his demographic. Movies, no, but his personality off of out, I was gonna say off the ice, uh, off the movie screen, also lends to that in ways that it's cringy and and it's uh, a little corny, little cornball. But he's like, he's a professional actor. He's a he's a wrestler, and his main demographic is kids. Yeah, so I forgive him for that. And you know what? I was a kid when I started liking him, and it worked yeah! out for me then. Man, I had a T-shirt and everything. I loved The Rock, man. Rocky Maivia. Well, I was that was pre me getting into wrestling, but I saw him. I was there when he and he and Hulk Hogan faced off at WrestleMania. That was cool. That's your gold medal game. Oh That's my your, God. I was there. <laughs> I was there and I remember it. I remember it. We were standing in our seats. It was so crazy. It was an, un that was an unbelievable match and he's amazing. And I will love him forever for that. But I got to say, like there's sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, Dwayne? Yeah. It's <laughs> renowned. It's renowned as one of the best crowds. You were part of one of the best crowds mm -hmm. in wrestling. Wrestling. I was the best crowd. Actually. You were. It was me. <laughs> you. 12 year old me. What, uh, where are you sitting? Uh, I was sitting. Uh, it was in, it was at uh, Skydome at the time, Rogers Center. We'll get to the Rangers, shut up. And it was like, uh, we were at the back in the bottom bowl, but you know, it, at Rogers Center where there's no baseball field there, that's a long way away, right? Because yeah. it was in the middle of it, but like you're way back. Rogers Center for non-baseball things is 
It's yeah. crazy. They, Although yeah, it they works. built the 100 level incorrectly in that it goes too far. Up. Uh, it's, yes. it's, it's about 35 rows, I think, to the back of the like 118 or whatever. It's, that's incorrect. It's too much. Yeah. Also, they're I, taking out seats this year. Uh, they're going to make well, they're, they're renovating. They're it. Re doing a full renovation. I think they're going to bring it down to 45,000 rather than 55,000 yeah. people. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's that's been the plan for a while. Oh. And they want to put in like, you know what? Uh, like if you go to the where the Marlins play. And I don't expect that anybody's gone and seen the Marlins, but I have. Oh. And because I do love baseball and I love a good baseball stadium and I like to like walk around the uh, concourse. You saw the new stadium? The new one. Oh, okay, cool. When it was brand new too, like 10 right. years ago. And it has the retractable roof. It looks almost identical to Skydome, except it has shit to do. Like it had at that time, and I'm not sure if it still has it, that weird fountain. Mm -hmm. Remember that weird fountain out in the, the outfield? Art sculpture. Yeah. yeah, and it had restaurants and you could... You can go and get a beer and watch the game from the out. Whereas, like, if you're on the concourse at Rogers Center, you're not seeing anything unless you're on the if you're, unless you're watching the TVs, right? So, I think what they're going to try to do is probably replicate some of the stuff that's going on in Miami, yeah, and make it actually like a lot more user friendly. This is the worst anecdotal evidence ever, but there's an episode of Blippy where he goes to the Arizona Diamondbacks and they had Blippy night. Blippy night. Blippy is a kid's show. No way. Kids. I bet they packed that place though. Well, and I'm watching it with my toddler and I'm sitting there going, they, they have a lot of shit. They have pools. They have a hot tub in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. They have a hot tub yeah. in like the hottest place in the world. <laughs> well, Why would anyone ever try that? It's the desert though. It gets cool at night. Well, there you go. It oh, does. So you gotta go in the hot tub. It's a yeah. stadium with a roof on it, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, the, so yeah, you were saying you sat in the Rogers Center in the one hundred. Sat in the Rogers Center in the one hundreds for that, and that's pretty uh, cool. It was it was very cool, and like I was like it, I was I was really I remember being really split about it because I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan too, and but he was supposed to be the bad guy, and everybody was on Hulk's side. Yeah. And then and Eric Young actually, who is a friend of the show, who we love, you know, he told me backstage at a uh, uh, w w what event were we at, Jesse, at the Paramount Fine Food Center. That was was that AEW? Was that Impact? No, it was an Impact. It was Impact. Show. Yeah, it was when he was at Impact. So we were in an Impact show, and Eric told me backstage that that is like one of the things that they look at. They when they train young wrestlers, they show them that tape because Hulk and The Rock, while they're in the ring, had to turn the crowd in The Rock's favor because it was going the wrong way, and and it, and they did it. The some it was amazing. Crowd work I saw recently was a tag match in AEW, the acclaimed versus Swerve in their glory, which is the worst tag team name. And <laughs> Swerve in their glory. Well, it's a guy named Swerve and uh, and friggin' Keith Lee, and it, it's anyway takes too long <laughs> to explain. But the crowd was just so jacked for the acclaimed, whose big thing was they just go around going like this to each other and they scream, "Scissor me, daddy!" and <laughs> and, and Billy Gunn. The badass Billy Gunn the is like Billy the Gun? manager, so no. the whole crowd was literally screaming, scissor me daddy ass. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to like do an audible because everyone's like, well, they clearly want them to win. Wow. Anyway, is Igor better? I think so. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the MSG crowd was just electric last night. Yeah. MSG, it, it, the home stadium of WWE. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, they were crazy. Yeah. They were crazy. It was, it was electric. And the, uh, the Zabinijad goal. Mm -hmm. Where oh. he, where you the first goal of the year for him for the uh, for the Rangers where he roofs it backhand just beautiful. I'm still trying to figure out what he did with his foot. 
Yeah. So I was, I was pulling it up here just to get another look of it. It's so dirty the way he, uh, he, so his, his right, he's on his right foot. And he pivots in the whole way Ugh. when he's charging Vasilevsky, he remains only on his right foot. And, and then places he, the, ba- the backhand perfectly. He like fakes with his left foot that he's going to put it down, but he remains up on his right foot. And while he's doing that, he's going forehand to backhand and he roofs it uh, top corner over the shoulder. It's beautiful. It was a beautiful start for, for Rangers fans, and I'm very happy for them. And it's a great start for the team on their way to 82-0. and And uh, uncharacteristic defense from the Tampa Bay Lightning. That goal should not have been possible. So they started really slow. The first period was uncharacteristic. Well, maybe it was kind of Tampa Bay Lightning, because what we saw in the playoffs where they started slow and then just came back and won everything. Like, if, if, we, if you guys remember, they were down 2-0 to the Rangers. Oh, yeah. I know. Series. Yeah. And then they won four straight games. And it reminded me of those early games in that series where Tampa looked a little little older on defense where they couldn't uh, keep up with the speed that the Rangers had. And even it was like four seconds into the game, there was a scoring chance where Stamkos was going back to his own net and he kind of fell down and the Rangers had a little a little shot on Bassey there. Um, so, but I'm not worried about the the Lightning at all. It's first game of the season, but the Rangers looked like they were firing on all cylinders right away. Yeah, well, I mean, we make fun of Jesse, but like, it's not that we don't think they're Stanley Cup. <laughs> I think they're, Rangers they're, fans think that we don't think they're good. Yeah, no, no, it's just you guys uh, don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. That's no, not what we said. Yeah, I don't. You you're just like that. my dark horse prediction <laughs> is a team that went to the final four last year. Like, that's not a dark horse. No, of also, course, they're good. When we're doing a preview, and this is where Rangers fans got upset. Is like they're like, why are you asking about Igor? Oh, clearly he's going to be great. He's not going to get injured. He's going to be fine. I'm like, listen, the team is cl- close to perfect. He's not going to get injured. I got to pick something. I got to. I got to find something that maybe they're worth criticizing. They didn't win the cup, so there's right. something there. And and beyond that, yeah, they're a really good team. So at some point, you got to be like, okay, it's almost perfect. What are the what are the potential mm-hmm. weaknesses? Like you can you can talk about how how Laugh still needs to mature into a, into a full time uh, star. Yeah, you and know, Kako like needs still, to score more than half a point a game. They're fucking they're 20, 21 and twenty two. Yeah, you know, they're still kids, and they yeah. uh, like we can talk about all that. But like Adam, <laughs> you questioning Igor? Oh how dare you? man, wow. how could I question the linchpin? <laughs> it's like asking what happens if Matthews goes down. Right. Yeah, you know what? Up. You know what we should have done, Rangers fans, and and this goes for Sens fans too, who were really upset. They're great. Ten minutes. Everyone, <laughs> just let it run for ten minutes. Everyone is gonna end up in first. <laughs> <laughs> and all thirty-two teams are gonna have one finger on the cup, and they're all gonna skate in a circle, mm-hmm. singing whatever your favorite song is. That's right. Actually, what Gary's favorite song and is. And whatever your favorite song is, I got news for you. It's the best song. The it previews is. weren't about saying nice things about all 32 teams. It was about critiquing no. the teams and making predictions no. on how the season I, might you go. You said something I mildly disagreed with. <laughs> I don't know how to more clearly say, I think there's like four bad teams in the NHL and that's it. No, you didn't have the Ottawa Senators uh, finishing second place. So you're division. an idiot. You it's guys even division. had the... <laughs> we had the Senators in in fifth, both of no, us. No, for the I Rangers. Where I had them. You had the Rangers as the second best team in their division. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but Rangers fans are like, fuck the Canes. I don't even know where Carolina is. Doesn't matter. New York, baby. New York. <laughs> and I agree with that. Like, they're right, but you guys... <laughs> 
You guys, Heartbeat of America. A little uh, insulting. I know, too. I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, They're all great. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, guys, how many goals do you have at the NHL level? Uh, none. Jesse, how many goals have you scored in the NHL? Ooh, uh, zero. Zero goals. Yeah, zero. This may shock you, but I, too, have scored zero goals. You didn't even have one? Not one. Not, enough, like, Not your, one. like your foot? I know, I know. Dude, I asked Dubas, and he said, no, you can't have another shot. After my first shot that he clearly gave me. When do we get to do the game? The game? How many people have to disappear from Earth for Steve Dangle to be a number one center on <laughs> the Toronto We're not doing Maple it right Leafs. now. This is a lead into something else. <laughs> we but we are going to play the Steve game. Steve and I had a 10-minute conversation before our show last week, and we determined, we came up with a really good number. What's the, so we're not getting no, into that. No, we're not going to do it. We're not doing it right I now. I want to do it. But how many people, like, if there are any mathematicians <laughs> listening. How many people would, would have to be Thanos snapped yeah. off Yes, Earth? yeah, yeah. Mm. So, for Steve to have to play a game to get a number one end. center, number one set. Oh, yeah. as a number Don't one center. Number yeah. one. No, yeah. I think it could be a, f- a fourth line right wing. What if I just crack the lineup? Crack the lineup. No. Where the Leafs are like, Steve, you got to do this. No, it's but- easy. Actually, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> the way we came up with the number, we'd only be dropping like a couple hundred thousand or something after you'd be number one center. I don't know about a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. I think you're talking millions, Jesse. All right, all right, all right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see the part of the conversation. Of the yeah. This is a great that's, conversation. It's a great, it is a really interesting <laughs> we conversation. Might, we might have to save it until like the summer. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, Hell okay. no. Uh, uh, okay, so, <laughs> so. If I know our Discord, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and if I know Adam, never. never. <laughs> Dom Ducharme. Anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> Jeff Ducharme. Uh... The Sabres have signed a player with zero NHL goals to a seven-year, $30 million contract. That is banana sandwich. 50, if you're wondering, just a hair under 4.3. 52 games total mm-hmm. in the NHL. Now, if you look at the card that Dom put out. What's uh, the player's name? The player's name is, oh, sorry, <laughs> Matias Samuelson. <laughs> now, if you're a Sabres fan, Sabres fans love this guy. They absolutely love this guy. And clearly, so does the organization. because. Um, you know, uh, they're signing him to this sort of a deal. This is a Nikita Zaitsev deal. And it doesn't mean that he's a Nikita Zaitsev player. I want you to be, I want to be clear because Nikita Zaitsev at least had scored four goals before the Leafs signed him to a seven-year contract and run, and run a second power play. But there is upside on this deal. So first off, Samuelson played all the major five on five minutes last year and looked Okay. But the Sabres suck. So it's difficult to get a read on all those numbers 52 games in. But I thought... He's a second-round pick from 2018. Like, he's not no one. No, no, no. And I like Cam Sharon's take on it, if you don't mind me just sort of repeating this. Because it's nice to have Cam back. He said the Samuelson deal is uh, fascinating. Buffalo envisioned having lots of money tied up in the top end in a few years. So they need to take some risks uh, that move the needle on cheaper contracts. And the way to do that is to pay players before they break out. And he compared it to the Oscar Clefbaum deal. He said he got nearly an identical deal as Samuelson, just signed uh, after 17 NHL games. Uh, despite how wow. frequently Clefbaum got hurt, he said, I'd argue the deal worked out for Edmonton. Clefbaum played pretty tough minutes, but um, he had a plus one relative course, if you want to get into that sort of thing. And he said Samuelson is at a minus 2% last year. So not a, he said that's a huge difference, uh, but it really didn't change uh, after the Sabres in- injected Owen Power into the lineup. I uh, said with Samuelson, because he's so raw and hasn't broke out, broken out yet, you really have to trust your development staff. There's probably some internal disagreement with the Sabres 
over this move. And he said, lastly, um, one positive is that this management staff didn't draft Samuelson. So they aren't really tethered to him. It's possible this is a move made with a clear objective in mind. It's also possible that they jumped the gun and made an emotional decision. And that's what, because I don't think anybody, <laughs> nobody knows the answer to this, right? No. I, I, Clefbaum is a good comparison and that was a good deal. Like people forget how good Clefbaum was. He was amazing. Was. Great player. He just, he just Injured. kept getting hurt. Um, is he, is he never playing again? He's never. It doesn't look like it. Oh, I, he bummer. might, but it doesn't look like it. Um, Chris Johnston had a good, uh, comparable in John Klingberg mm-hmm. who signed a very similar deal. Um, at a very similar point in his career. At the time of Klingberg's contract, I think it's the best, or one of the best comparisons here. He was midway, kind of midway, three quarters way through his first NHL season. So wow. he was only about 50 games in when he signed that. But he, he finished that season with 11 goals, 29 assists, and 40 points. So he's more of a offensive defenseman, clearly. But um, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, the same, it's the same strategy here. You know, Kling- Klingberg is, if this works out, and if it doesn't, it's Zaitsev. Sure. Right. Right. But and at like, the end of the day, like, I mean, Zaitsev is playing. And mm-hmm. also, what's different about Zaitsev versus the Samuelson deal, and this is to the Sabres' credit, is that Zaitsev's deal ate up a lot more of the percentage of, of uh, cap space than Samuelson's deal will mm-hmm. on either the Sabres or another team yep. come two years from now. Zaitsev was also 24 when yeah. he made his NHL Samuelson's debut. Like 22. He's 22 now. Yeah. So the yeah. So the thing is, is that like when this when the cup goes up another ten percent, and it will in the next three years. Cup. Cap. Cap. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing, Sabres fans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe. No. Uh, when the cup goes up another ten percent, it's just going to matter that much less. Yeah. And yeah. then it's a steal. Also, and if he's great five on five, he's a second pair defenseman. Okay. Great. Yeah. Then, That'll be second. And like the the Zaitsev thing, he's they're such different players too. I think. Oh yeah. You know, and the age is a huge difference. I don't think contract, sometimes contracts are too similar. Sometimes I like to, comparing the players. Sometimes I like to start things and get a little under people's skin first before we break <laughs> it down. And it, I know you? it pisses people off, but it's sort of funny. Like you, the guy has never scored a goal at the NHL level, and they just gave him thirty million bucks. Yeah, and I know that's not his job, but also yeah. not even by accident. How many assists like, did he have? No butt goals. How many assists? Um, uh, forty. Steve, 12? guess twelve in his entire career. Yes, twelve. Oh, well done, Steve. Well, I read it in the car, but no, you're a car cheater. I I check my phone before I I park it and I get out. There it is. Uh, 42 games last year, 10 assists, and then two assists the year before. Yeah, it's not like they're hurting for the cap space either. They got it. They do. The thing is, the thing is with the cap space, though, is it's amazing how quickly it disappears. Mm -hmm. And four million is not going to kill you, but it's a pain in the ass. Just ask the Leafs. This is also, um, I think, a sign that things are changing in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Because this is a definitely sketchy move. It's a sketchy move. And we're not collectively dunking on the Sabres. Okay. Because Kevin Adams has earned a little bit of leeway. Mm. Keep going. Keep going. I want to know what you think about that. Oh, I just think he's done well. I mean, what what is what is the what is the assumption? With any move the Sabres make, or what was it? Tearing it down. Prior to the Jack. Tearing it down. Not just tearing it down, but they're going to do it shitty. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they weren't good at it. They locked this player up. Guess they're bad. Well, like, and the last one that they really signed to a big deal was Jeff Skinner. And that did not work out well. And that deal stinks. Yeah, and the Ocposo deal before that, 
bad luck there with some injuries and yes, things like course. that. And now he's the captain, by the way. And now he's the captain. But yeah, if you look at the the you know the the Eichel trade, obviously that's worked out really well with Alex Tuck, and then you've got yeah. the Ryan O'Reilly trade with Tage Thompson. But another risky deal mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that point, Steve, is Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, by the way, scored sixty five percent of his career goals last year. Yeah. His career high in goals before last year was eight. Now yeah. he had, and then he had thirty eight, and then they signed him to a contract. Which pays him about seven million bucks a year. Isn't that wild? Don Granado. Uh, yeah, the extension came down today, this morning. Oh, for the uh, for the coach. Yeah, Don Granado. Like it's kind of a nice time to be a Buffalo Sabres fan. Finally, finally, for the first time since two thousand. And you know what? Eight. If you're a if you're a fan of uh, great hockey, then you should be a fan of Sabres hockey being good. Uh, the NHL is the you know the Sabers might be one of the smaller quote unquote market teams in the NHL, but they are one of the strongest markets, and it's such a shame that a lot like with the Leafs for 15 years, that one of hockey's best markets got fed just a dog shit team year after year. Because honestly, when when Buffalo is like you, uh, we we were the Hoshik era, yes. So we remember what that was like. It was unbelievable. And even, you know, later on with Danny Breer, it wasn't bad then either with Chris Marty Baron and Chris Drury. Yeah. yeah. Great teams. Ryan Miller. Oh. I remember thinking that was unfair. How do they have how do they have Hoshik and they go to yeah. Biron and then Miller? It's a little bit Rangers going from Lundquist to Sturkin. Yeah. Which is maybe even a juiced up version of that, but a Hoshik mm. to Miller. It was just, I don't know, like what, 20 years of you go to Buffalo and can't score? Mm-hmm. And they played that smothering deep. They were the other team. That made hockey boring because the Devils were the team, right? They, they clogged you in the neutral zone. So did the Sabres. You just and they never get any, like Mike Pekka. Oh, Ugh. can't wait to, you just pick up the remote and you go, can't wait to be in a bad mood tonight. Yeah, I'm going to hate just, this. I'm going to hate this. Win or lose, probably lose. I'm going to hate this. They also, it doesn't help that the Leafs didn't friggin' win ever, ever, even when they were good. Mm. Like, didn't they have some ridiculous record against the Sabres? The Sabres always killed Awful. the Leafs. Off. And there'd always be, they'd always do that crowd shot at the beginning of the game. Well, oh, lots of Leaf fans in attendance tonight. And that just depression. And they're <laughs> just none of them terrible. are going to leave their seats once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're all Buffalo fans, uh, they got a lot to be happy about. And I don't like the bad teams who win when the season's over thing. But the Sabres did through March and April go 16, 9, and 3. They had mm-hmm. that in their press release with Don Granado. And that's a 102 point pace. Over a significant amount of games, like the games didn't matter, but that's a lot to be happy about. And I think that you earn your extension for Kevin Adams. uh, That was at the end of August, early September. And then Don Granato now gets his. And then all these players are getting their their money as well. There's a there's a really good core to build around there in in Buffalo. And a a little shout out to noted Alan Walsh client, J.J. Paterka, who signed an entry level deal as well. He got his his entry level deal. He's 20 years old. Good good player, man. He is a hat. Uh, we should send him a hat. <laughs> Noted Alan Walsh client, JJ Paterka. Now, here's your trivia question. What does the JJ in JJ stand for? JJ. No. <laughs> They're actual names. I'm almost positive the second one is John. Okay. He's German, right? I don't know. Jürgen John <laughs> Paterka. You can't say Jurgen. Why can't I say he Jurgen? Is, he's from Muni- uh, München. 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 Yeah. München. That's a place. Well, 
If I say Munchen, you know it's in German. Johan. Johan Jan Paterka. Johan's a good guess. Jason John Paterka. Damn! Jason John. Mm-hmm. It should have been J J A Y J A Y. JJ. JJ. I like that. JJ. Yeah. What's my middle name? It's Homer J. Jay Simpson. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a scene where, where Bart's like, I want to be you when I grow up. And then Homer's like, well, you could be Homer Jr. The kids will call you Hoju. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I love this uh, Elite Prospects. Uh, little shout out to JJ Paterka. If, if you're a hockey player, this sentence is the sentence that you want. You ready for this? He's violent, disruptive, a real pain in the ass. Oh. <laughs> well, that's then. What, that's an elite prospect scouting report on him. That, Isn't cool. that crazy? That ridiculous world junior where Tim Stutzla just decided to put Team Germany on his back and said, screw it, we're winning. Yeah. Um, he did have, I'd say his number one like foot soldier was... J.J. Paterka. J.J. Paterka. Like, it wasn't just a one-man show. It was like a, you know, a two- or three-man show. <laughs> Um, Leafs, uh, get started tonight. They got a back-to-back, uh, because they're the Toronto Maple Leafs and they always play effing back-to-backs. Um, so... Three games in four days. Woo! How do we feel? Have you allowed yourself to get excited? Um... Yeah, LFR won tonight. Yeah! And I... Oh, man. I get excited for the the most exciting things. I got new light bulbs in the blue room. Mm. I don't know if you saw the the roster preview. I thought it looked good, except everything was, like, yellow. It won't be now. Everything is much brighter. Got those dentist office bulbs. Don't you worry, everyone. <laughs> It'll be nice and shiny. Uh, game one of the season, um, uh, or LFR one of the season. I hate. I always hate it. Why? I always hate it. Um, because I always feel like I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing, and I've never done this before. Are you just a little out of practice? Is that? Yeah. I'm is, is every season just a little different? Yes. And you're going to be in a new space, too. And that, that weirdly enough, does sort of scramble things. And I'm going to have more space to play with. So maybe I will go running back and forth more. Also, I'll be out of focus less because uh, on Friday, my monitor is arriving. So I don't have to look at the little viewfinder on the camera to see if I'm in focus or not. Cool. So that's going to be really neat. I like that. And then... Things you should have had decades ago. Yeah, shut up. And uh, I'm just really excited for... Seeing the team hit the ice, because it's funny, like J.D. Bunkus this morning on the radio, I did a hit with him, was talking about how there's like no buzz for this team. It felt like that last year, too. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's more buzz than last year. Last year, everyone was very upset. This year, it's a little better. And there's no buzz until they play. The second they play, I also think people are relaxed. I would say that there's a relaxed feeling, because people were sounding alarm bells last year at this time because it's like they just fucking lost to Montreal. Come on. Was, I know they went to the finals, but come on. One. That was a bad And one. it wasn't that they had lost in game seven. It was they'd lost five, six, and seven. Brutally. So it was, it was that part of it. That part of it was concerning. And I think the team that we saw last year is the best team in Leafs regular season history. We saw the yep. best player in regular season history for the Leafs uh, in Austin Matthews. He's the best player that's ever played for the Leafs. That cemented it. And then you have, um, and then you have them lose to the top team in the division in seven games, and it comes down to one goal. Top I, team in the division that finished third. Yeah. Well, I mean, top team in the division because <laughs> they went to the finals I know. again. No, like but, two years in a row, they've lost to the Stanley Cup final 
eventual Stanley Cup final team, right? Yeah. So it, it's two. Uh, now Montreal's three, a little different. Yeah. Three, three out of four. Three, three out of four. Out of Boston four. too. Boston, right. 2019. So you know, I think I think that there's a little bit more. I think realistically, there's a lot to be excited about here. But I think it's it's people are just kind of like, I'm going to mm-hmm. enjoy this. I think you should. You should enjoy the regular season. There's great storylines. And and like the t- with the hype thing, the timeline of our lives is also kind of screwed up because last yes. year was still a full COVID season. We had canceled games last December. Or and delayed, yeah. Fans got, uh, were banned from the building again uh, for a number of weeks. And like going into last October when the season was, was relaunching, um, there was still a risk to go to a stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't want to be in crowds still. So it was a completely different environment. It wasn't the same, same world that we're living in uh, today. So I think you need to take that into perspective as well when you think about like the hype from from last year to this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just I want to go to a game. I want I don't want to think about it. I just want to have some fun. Mm-hmm. I went when I went to uh, Monday Night Raw uh, about a month ago. Every now and then I'd be like, "There's a lot of people here." <laughs> Shut that off. Right. Hooray, Edge. And that let's go, Edge. That attitude of people just going to games is back now. You know, yeah. and I feel like uh, there's a little bit more buzz to this season. Yeah, and I want to see Dennis Malgan get a hat trick because it's funny. <laughs> that's that's all I want to see, just a Dennis Malgan hat trick. Mm-hmm. And Leaf fans, we're not going to overreact. We're not going to overreact. Damn it, we're not. Okay, listen. If the goalies are very very bad, you have full license to overreact. However. I've been saying this for over a month now, haven't I? That I think the Leafs are going to struggle a bit in October. They have a very, very difficult month of October. If you look through your team's calendar mm-hmm. which uh, or schedule, which I encourage everyone to do, you're going to see soft spots, and you're going to see spots where you're like, oh, that's hell week. Mm-hmm. This is not a fun month <clears throat> for the Leafs. They start with a back-to-back and three games in four nights. Then they get two home games. Jesse's got it up. They got two home games, Arizona, Dallas, uh, and then they go on a five-game road trip to end the month. Winnipeg, Vegas, San Jose, L.A., Ducks. This is is a good thing, though. It is a good thing. Get that shit out of the way. Yeah, the the West Coast trip, like, that's always the worst part of the entire season. They do it fucking three weeks in where they're all fresh everybody's healthy hopefully like Tavares is gonna play tonight everybody's healthy and you get that west trip uh uh out of the way and then all these road games as well that means your back half is filled with home games when you're trying to go for the playoffs hooray every every Habs fan go look at your November if they if they end up winning some games and making uh some teams a little uncomfortable in the Atlantic the November's the time to do it they they have a lot of soft target teams and a lot of rest. Like, go through. Everyone go through. There are some, what they call, schedule losses and, you know, nights where it should be free points. Right. The uh, the schedules also did uh, at least a, bit, a little bit of favor there when you go from Winnipeg to Vegas and then the West Coast swing. Like, you're getting all that kind of, because you're, you're kind of in the same, not in the same time zone because Winnipeg's one hour, but like you're hanging out in the region. You're not making too far flights. You're going all there. So you can really establish kind of a, a little routine, a pattern there in those yeah. two weeks where you're on that road trip. I feel like that, that the California road trip that is just so, I hate it. Like for work purposes, I hate it. Um, it's usually, I want to say just prior to Christmas. So getting it 
out of the way, mm-hmm. out of the way, nice and early. Good for me. That means we don't have to worry about it ever again until they go to Vancouver. What record would you be happy with on the 31st of October? So what's that? 10 games? Honestly, over 500. Like a 5-4-1? and one? How many wins? Something like How that. How many points? 6-3-1? that'd be 11 points. You want them to come out with 11 I'd, points I'd like I'd like a 30. dozen. Let's say a dozen. 12? Operation a dozen. So 12, we need six wins in, in October? Yeah. October. Or like five, three, and two. Twelve points. That's what you want. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's really low bar. It is a low bar, <laughs> but go look at November. Yeah, it's better. November, yeah. And they, like, they don't have a ton of soft target teams, even really. Like, it's funny. I think the Leafs are a better team on paper than Montreal. Look at all that blue in November for the Leafs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine home games. Mm-hmm. They have a shitload of games in November. Oh my god! But a lot of them are at home. That's that's when I think they'll make it back up a bit. Couple back to backs, that kind of sucks. But they play Pittsburgh three times. That's enough in the month. I don't that's, like that. And two of them are in Pittsburgh. One is on the back half of a back to back. Oh, so, yeah. Because so the healthy Malkin and Crosby too. Like they haven't had a chance to get a hurt. Something about that building saps the Leafs of their power. They're just, not good in Pittsburgh at all ever. No. And by the end of November, they're not going to go back to San Jose. They already play them twice. I'm just the by the by November eighth, they'll be done playing Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, there are some. Yeah, go go look through your team's schedule. Some interesting stuff that doesn't seem like it matters now, but trust okay. me, it does. So a couple of things uh, coming out of Thirty Two Thoughts blog. Uh, the first one is that uh, apparently Jack Campbell and the Leafs' relationship ended on a bit of a sour note on both sides. Both sides are apparently ended it ended things a little upset with each other. I guess some things were said, and I guess negotiations can get tense. Um, does it make you sad to know that Jack Campbell's time here ended on a bit of a sour note, despite the fact, I mean, they were also miles apart on salary. <coughs> I mean, geez, you're welcome for all the money there, Jack. Like the, the Leafs, the Leafs gave him a chance. The Leafs gave him a chance when the stars wouldn't, the Kings wouldn't, they gave him an opportunity. He seized it. He seized it. Well, and they gave it to him though. Also, they didn't have to give him those games in the playoffs when Freddie was quote unquote ready. Freddie was on the bench. Now he deserved it, but politics plays into it big time. And there are some teams who would go, you know what? No, we're going to, we're going to go with the guy that we've had for a long time. The Leafs couldn't afford Jack Campbell. So like if the Leafs said something to him, we don't know what was said. If the Leafs said something to him, I understand it being sour on that note, but the Make no mistake, the Toronto Maple Leafs changed Jack Campbell's life for the better. Mm -hmm. Kyle Dubas changed Jack Campbell's life for the better. So I hope there is some memory of that. I'm sure there is. In the relationship. Um, And I know. Don't forget to give the player himself credit. And give him credit. Seizing the opportunity. He did the work. Yeah. He absolutely, he did the work. And saved the Leafs bacon on more than a few few occasions, especially during the, uh, when Freddie was. I mean, Freddie just was not healthy. No. And And imagine they hadn't had Jack. This could be back-to-back years where the Leafs lose their starting goalie and they go to another team and get nominated for the Vesna. (laughs) Easily. 
You could see that happening in Edmonton for Anthony, sure. Anthony Stewart had Jack Campbell winning the Vesna. No. Thanks, just Stewie. Just to fuck with him. I love yeah, thanks, Stewie. That's great, man. What a troll. And he, I love he, that. He had, he had an unreal save in the preseason. But like it's uh, when I saw that, uh, I, Oilers fans were were glowing about it because, ooh, check out the new guy with the big save. But like uh, we watched Jack Campbell do that time and time again. Mm-hmm. He's a good goalie. It makes it It does make it. Kind of sad that it ended on a sour note, but um, I'd say both parties would do well to remember you both did pretty well here. Yeah. Um, And there just wasn't a path forward. Management did well with it. Jack did well with it. There was never a path forward to afford his salary. Did they make the right decision going with Murray and Samsonov? Well, that's an entirely different conversation, but Mm. this was never going to happen here. What were what was the sour sour note? Specifically? Well, all all that Fridge said was that there was some sort of I guess that there were hurt feelings on both sides over over the, how the negotiation process went. I would imagine you know on Jack Campbell's side, it's pretty easy to deduce. They were probably like uh, Jack was probably starting at seven, ready to move down to a five, and the Leafs probably started at one and a half or two, and he was probably like, "Hey man, f you, yeah, I did man. a lot for you," and then you know. Obviously, you never know what the what the agent's relationship with um, uh, with the management is too, because Kurt, Kurt Overhart, Kurt Overhart, uh, you know, I I don't know. It's it's that that part of it. I I don't. They didn't get into specifics, from what I understand, though, uh, and what obviously I read. Uh, it was sort of like both sides felt like the other side was needlessly difficult in that, and usually that's the, what it comes down to, right? I, I think the Leafs. I think at the end of the, Early, early last season, and he and and then and he discussions tore, never recovered. Yeah, and he tore it up in the first two months, and then was bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm listen. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just I, I just because it's if there was any other player, I'd be like, ah, who cares? But it's Jack Campbell, and he's so sweet. You know, you love Jack Campbell. Yeah, just want to pinch his cheeks, man. So it's it's a bummer when that happens. You got a starting goalie for like a third round pick. Like it, I I don't know. I I would like both parties to kiss and make up because that's I'm little, sure they will. That's a little silly. Um Sonny Milano still does not have a job as of today. And like remember, you gotta remember Sonny Milano had fifty points last year. Yeah. Uh, he also chose the wrong team. Yeah, like, why Calgary? He he went to a place that didn't have the money at in the end of the day to sign him. Right, you know, for the number that he wants, Calgary only has uh one point one million dollars in projected cap space. Like they didn't have the budget at, after they made all their extensions They're, and everything. Also, I would say too, like, do they have a spot for him? Their their top right. six is their top six, man. There was there was a Leaf player years ago who made a mystifying decision. I was talking to someone about this. Remember Jeremy Williams, the legend of Jeremy Williams? He, no, he you have to play, tell, I remember him, but what's the legend? For three consecutive years, he played one game per season in a call-up and scored in every one of them. And then I believe in his fourth one, third or fourth one, he got called up, scored again, and they're like, all right, you know what? Let's keep him. And like, I think he even got a look with Sundin. Like he, I remember that. He played for a while, and I want to say it was at the game versus Atlanta where he hurt his knee. Uh, Curtis Joseph won that game in overtime. But he left the Leafs, and, you know, okay, so you're having a hard time cracking the Leafs lineup. They're a middle-of-the-pack to bottom-of-the-middle-of-the-pack team at Mm -hmm. the time. So where do you go to crack the lineup? Which team do you sign with to go and get an opportunity? He signed with Detroit. And they were good. 
They were going for cups. That's cup winning Detroit. They were literally cup winning Detroit. And I was talking to someone in the organization and they were just like, Jeremy, what the, what were you thinking? Can I give you some numbers? Yeah. So he spent those years with uh, Toronto from like 05 to 09. Like you said, plays one game, plays one game, plays 18, plays 11. Can't crack the lineup. Can't stay up there full time. His, so he, his 11 was good. <laughs> yeah. 11 was pretty good. Five goals, uh, two assists, seven points. That's so, great. Like you said, he goes to Detroit. Can't can't make because the lineups they're stacked. It's the twenty ten. It's the oh nine ten Detroit Red Wings. Grand Rapids in Griffins. the in the AHL. He puts up thirty two goals, thirty one assists, sixty three points in seventy seven games. He dominated the league. It's just their team's too good. Is he still playing? There's a uh, lot of green. On yeah, the he's thirty eight. He's playing in uh, what's Dell two. That's uh, the German second league. Yeah, he's he played, wow. played three games already this season. Twenty two, twenty three season. So yeah, it was. It's a. It's a weird decision. Like this. It's a perfect example for Sonny Milano. It's why Calgary. There's no spot for you. And Jeremy Williams. There's no. Where are you playing in Detroit? Like, like he's Sonny Milano's an NHL player. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And if he can't find an NHL job, it's strange. Well, so then, so then, my question becomes: Why not look at a team that needs to score goals? And my first, the first team that comes up to me is the Buffalo Sabers. So I was looking, I was thinking about them too, because you know what else they have? Like 20 million in cap space. Yeah. But okay. Even at this point, if I'm the Sabres, I'm like, it's a million bucks or don't show up. Cause I don't care. No, he, I think is worth more than that. I think he might think he's worth more than that, but if he was worth more than that, he'd have got it. I think he screwed up. I think wherever he ends up, he might have to sign for league men. Oof. Dude, Anton Strawman yeah. just got a million from the Bruins. Yeah, and but he's got a resume. Milano's he, got. Yeah, Milano's got. And I'm not saying Strawman. I'm not saying that was much? intelligently put into Strawman. I don't think that that was a. No, but would we have talked this vehemently about Milano all summer if he hadn't scored that goal? <laughs> he still scored <laughs> 50 points, Steve. Yeah. yeah, but he also scored one that was really good. And that's why we talk about him. Would we be talking about Merrick Malik ever if he didn't score the shootout <laughs> Would goal? Jack Campbell have gotten the five-year contract if he hadn't won 12 games in a row uh, to start a season? <laughs> well, probably not. Probably not. He probably isn't the Leafs starter last year. I think we have to give uh, Milano Lopez more I credit. Think so. I think pass. so, too. You and know. listen, and, 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 and it was an amazing goal, and that's super cool. There are very few players even in the league that can do that. Well, And now, like, there's games. Teams are playing. I know. So, like, I know. he might be out of time. Well, and th- this is what I'd be doing. If I were him, I'd be looking at teams like who needs scoring up front. I mean, the Sabres don't even look that bad. You've got uh, on the wings, Skinner, Jack Quinn, and the two top two left wings, and then Olsen and Tuck on the right. If he wants to go somewhere and play, like the place is Arizona. Like, yeah, oh, you're a first man. liner but there. But it's depressing, right? Like the, 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 what are your options? Yeah, what are your options? It's I mean, so weird because I feel like he'd fit in well with the Ducks. <laughs> but they're obviously not interested right or maybe they are just not at his price like i'm sure if it was 750 grand the tux will pay that buddy you're boned like it's if you were to listen to this that's what i'd tell him the mm-hmm. uh, the european leagues are like six weeks into their season mm-hmm. the nhl starting today half of the teams are barely cap compliant they're literally cap compliant by like a happy meal uh, some of them less um that, yeah, like like the Vancouver Canucks can't even order off the dollar menu at Wendy's. At, at this point, if you sign for league minimum to play a league minimum one-way contract in the NHL, you're lucky. 
I don't think he's even going to get that. It's funny because we see these situations play out in July, but by like the third week, we see the free agent give in. We saw it with Klingberg this year where he goes to the Ducks because he's yeah. like, I want a long extension. And then three weeks pass and nobody gives it to him. He's like, fuck, let me take this one year. We saw it with Taylor Hall, yeah. who fuck it, who's really screwed up his negotiations and had to take that one year in Buffalo. And Sonny Milano, nothing was sitting there and he never kind of gave in. Like, I don't know if anybody offered him whatever the million dollars, but I assume you somebody would take it. Right. And he refused to take it. He does this PTO with Calgary and he screwed himself. Like one dimensional. Calgary's an odd one. One dimensional guy who can score. Like, dude, there's tons of those guys. Right. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I, I know, I know it's, I know it's, uh, it's points against him, but it's not like those guys don't play in the league. It's no, not he'll, like those guys aren't needed. He will find a job somewhere too, but here's, here's what's put him behind yeah, the eight ball too. He was, no, no, he'll play in the NHL this mm. year. But I think too, you have to remember that he did play in training camp with Calgary, but every day that he's not practicing puts him behind the eight ball of everybody else every day. And not playing. You know, we, you know, William Nylander ruined oh. an entire season. Yeah, he was awful career. that year. Well, I think the Leafs may have ruined that entire season because they finally offered him what he'd asked for three months previous. Yeah, there was some shit to go the around. The same contract he signed in December was the contract on the table in uh, that he was asking for in September. Yeah. We, don't have to, we don't have to go there. It was avoidable. It was avoidable. It was, it was entirely oh avoidable. God, the Leafs. It was very, very annoying. Um, it's quite leafy. It's very weird that he's not in the league. And I feel like when these situations happen, it's a little bit... It's a little bit of your ability, but it's probably more of the decisions you made. Yeah. Uh, that's the you player and, your, and or the agent. That's you and your agent. being. You need to go back to the drawing board. I would love to know Alan's thoughts on and players that's, like uh, this. That's a good question, but I know that Alan would never directly talk about another player uh, or agent situation. That's, that's one of the things. That's not his client. That's not his client. And, 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 and that's because, you know, it's too present. Mm. You know, he can talk about stuff that happened in the past, like the... What was the guy that the Czech guy that oh, he was signed in Tampa and like uh, that he, uh, something Seeger uh, Zdeno Seeger Zdeno Seeger's that story from last year was one of my favorite stories that he told. I don't really want to play in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah. My back's hurting. I like fishing. I like yeah. fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I want to play in Minnesota because you guys aren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> like Zidane Seeger, that's a story. But like now, Alan, I think Alan would obviously respectfully be like, that is someone else's business and I am not commenting yeah. on that. Yeah, ask, him, ask him what it's like for a player on a PTO. I think that's a great question. I think that's a great question. I'd love to know what it's like for a player on a PTO. Um. One thing that came out of the Hockey Canada stuff yesterday, and, and you have to forgive us, we didn't have a lot of time to digest it. Um, it's, it's week one of the season. It's the first week we're doing three episodes and everything has happened. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, please have patience. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and anyway, one of the things that I think a lot of people questioned afterwards, and I think I should have caught in the moment, but I didn't, is we talked about how the entire board has resigned and that there will be a committee taking over. And the big problem from Parliament's perspective, because remember, government agency, is we don't know who these people are. How are they being appointed? Uh, how are they even going to be, like, are they going to be vetted? Are they people, are they veterans from within the organization? Because that's a problem. And then the other question, and I didn't think about this, but Rick Westhead brought it up on TSN this morning, and I think it was really a super, super Rick Westhead, right? Just so adept, you go, oh, why didn't I think of that? He, Scott Smith, during the hearings, talked about 
Scott Smith, now former CEO of uh, Hockey Canada, talked about his executive um, in terms of like his team surrounding him and how important it was and how he leaned on them. And I'm not talking about the board. I'm talking about employees at Hockey Canada. And what's unclear right now is, okay, Scott Smith is gone, but his entire team is probably still there. And again, that leads people to ask, okay, so how much change is there really going to be if the guy, the figurehead might be gone, but the guys that, 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 you know, were a part of his team that held him up there, that he led and taught and mentored are all still going to be there. I think this was a little under spoken about and thought about is, you know, listen, we all want to change. We all want to change. Um, but a lot of people, and I don't think we ever suggested it. Uh, no one ever really suggested who should, who should be there in his stead. Uh, well, because he, he dug in for so long (laughs) that it was impossible. Well, I was starting to make peace with, okay, I guess this isn't happening then. Uh, but obviously now it is, it's here. The moment is here. So who's going to step up, but who, like literally who has the power to name a new CEO, the whole board stepped down. That's, it's fascinating. And if, and if it's not like, if, if I don't know how hockey Canada would still be allowed to do that. Like how is sport Canada not stepped in and said, no, you can't. Sorry. No, your privilege is revoked. World junior camp typically opens in like six, seven weeks. Yeah. Who the, Oh, they'll who's in charge of any, well, they're going to elect a new board in eight weeks. So that'll happen quite soon. That's yeah. So that's mid December. Yeah. Yeah. The world juniors start like a week and a half after that. Yeah. You ready? It'll, it'll be funny <laughs> when weeks. they're all out there in t-shirts made by SDPN or something because Nike doesn't pull out. Of if we had Canada. the money to sponsor <laughs> Hockey Canada, we would not be sponsoring Hockey Canada in yeah. its current form. No, 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 no. <laughs> obviously. But yes, <laughs> no. but if they change like, themselves and, and there was real progress, because I what I respect is Tim Horton saying, listen, glad that they're stepping down, but until we see real progress, you guys can fly a kite. No way. We're not getting involved. I get it. All right. Well, who would put the money towards that? Yeah, and I know, uh, I, like, I don't know if, you know, non-Canadians look at that and goes, you know, who the hell cares what Tim Hortons think? You don't understand. The sponsors that have pulled out have been there forever. Mm-hmm. And they're in this country, in terms of ad dollars, they are heavy, heavy hitters. Yeah. Nike, I mean, we well, don't it's akin have to, to Starbucks. explain. Yeah, Tim Hortons. If it, Starbucks a, was an NFL sponsor, that's what Tim Hortons being a Hockey Canada sponsor It's is. a massive, massive deal. Canadian Tire is friggin' enormous. So the idea that all these partners that Hockey Canada has had for decades, I assume, uh, have pulled out and really don't seem like they're going to be back anytime soon because these changes, I think, are going to take some time. It's a big, big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And the last question people will have, and then I'll move off the subject, is Scott Smith and the entire board resigned. What does their payout look like? And people are like, well, what if any payout did they get? Guys. I'm going to tell you 99.99999%. They got a payout. And I'm going to bet that in a lot of cases, the payout is worth multiple years. So in some cases, these could be seven-figure payouts. And I just want you to be prepared to be pissed because unfortunately, that's par for the course. Uh, And they signed a contract and they have to keep to that contract, as icky as that is. So they had, what was it, 8.9 million in settlements? So maybe... (laughs) 
Maybe they'll take from the second settlement fund and, and pay out the uh, board as well. There was a lot of debate around uh, them refusing to step down because it might have been tied to some more payout money. If they had just gotten fired, they might have had more money. So that's why uh... they were so adamant about not stepping down. But nobody really knows the details of whether they still get some payout money, like that amount. We if will they find step out. Down themselves. Yeah, it will it's come government out. money. We it will should all out. know. It will come out. So it's messy. <laughs> 